0: let us pray. O Lord would you speak, for your servants listen. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. This is a poem by one of the uh, First World War poets R. E. Vernade. It's called A Listening Post. The sun's a red ball in the oak and all the grass is grey with dew. A while ago a blackbird spoke. He didn't know the world's askew. And yonder rifleman and I wait here behind the misty trees to shoot the first man that goes by. Our rifles ready on our knees. How could he know that if we fail, the world may lie in chains for years, and England be a bygone tale, and right be wrong, and laughter tears? Strange. That this bird sits there and sings while we must only sit and plan who are so much the higher things the murder of our fellow man but maybe God will cause to be who brought forth Sweetness from the strong, out of our discords, harmony, sweeter than that bird's song. Bernade was killed in action in 1917. That reference, of course, the God who brought forth sweetness from the strong is a reference to. Samson, in the Old Testament, after he'd <coughs> killed the lion, and then went back to the carcass of the lion and found that bees had made a nest inside the lion that he'd killed, and he brought out some honey to give to his parents. You'll find the, uh, that little reference on the front of Taiton Miles' golden syrup. But it hasn't happened, has it? For René's prayer that maybe God would bring forth from the discord harmony sweeter than the bird's song. It hasn't happened yet. There was another world war after that one. And who knows when the next one will be. But it certainly isn't beyond the realms of possibility, is it? I sometimes wonder when we listen to this reading from Matthew's Gospel, which we hear every year at this service, these Beatitudes, whether Jesus was just a hopeless romantic. Perhaps he could say these words because he was hiding behind some army that protected his border and therefore gave him the security to be able to speak them. Perhaps he was just a romantic after all. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, or the gentle, for they shall inherit the earth. Difficult to be gentle with a gun in your hands, isn't it? Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. We owe our security in this country, don't we, to the fact that those wars were fought and won. Who knows where we would be if they were lost? And how many people, young men died We call it a sacrifice, but they did it out of a sense of duty. The more thoughtful of them did it because they understood they were doing it to save the people they loved from some greater horror. It's a difficult one, isn't it? Because war just shouldn't be, shouldn't happen. We're all agreed on that. It should never happen. Why does it? What is this thing that drives human beings to murder each other? That's what it is. That's what Bernay called it. It happens, of course, when perhaps one group of people decide aggressively to extend their power over another group of people. That's one scenario isn't it? That's what the First and the Second World Wars are about, that's what's going on in Russia and Ukraine. But there's another cause of war where people tell stories about themselves and about somebody else that allows hatred and bitterness to foster within them that causes such division and hatred they start killing each other. And that's the kind of battle we see going on, or what's going on, for example, in Northern Ireland, for years and years. Or in Africa, between different groups and tribes. Or perhaps, in our politics, between different parties. In America, or in this country even. All this war, all this bitterness and hatred and fighting can only happen, can only happen when we stop seeing the other person as a human being. That's the root behind it all. The stories that we tell ourselves about who we are. We happen to live on this little piece of the earth. We happen to have been brought up in this family and speak that language. We happen to follow this religion because we were born in this particular place. But they don't. As soon as we start using the word they, we've already created that barrier and that distance between us and the fellow human being that enables bitterness and difference to grow. You see, when Paul in his letter to the Galatians spoke of the kingdom of heaven, he said, in God, there is no male or female. No Jew or Gentile, no slave or free, no us and them. There is only us. And so when Jesus speaks these words of the Beatitudes, it's not that he's some romantic who's saying, oh, if only we could have peace. He's utterly real about the situation on the ground. And it's there in the attitude. Because number eight of the eight is blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake. He's well aware that there's bitterness and violence in the land. And he says you will face it. You will face it. And in the face of that, he says, Blessed are the beggars in spirit. Those who know their poverty of spirit, who long for God. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn because they look at the tragic state of relations around them. They shall be comforted. Blessed are the gentle, for they shall inherit the earth. Not the proud, not the strong, not the bullies who shout at their civil servants and show strong leadership. This is the Son of God talking. Blessed are the gentle, for they shall inherit the earth blessed are the merciful for they will receive mercy blessed are the pure in heart for they shall see god the one thing that we do here in all of these beatitudes is a future tense they shall be comforted they shall inherit the earth, they shall be satisfied. This passive future, it will be, it will happen to them, is what's technically known as the theological passive. It's the way that the Hebrews speak about God himself. Out of deference, they don't say, God will do this. They say, it will happen to you. Meaning that God will do it. And so it is that we live in hope, that this is the hope that God calls us to. But in order to realise that hope, we must follow in the footsteps of the only one who's ever lived among us as a true human being. All the rest of us fall short. All the rest of us have failed. And continue to fail, which is why we pray and say sorry every day. Only in Christ do we see what a truly human being, fully alive to God, looks like. And it may lead us to the cross.